so much stuff that we've been uh, inundated with as we have ventured down the road of discovering the life of Christ and who he is and who he uh, uh, was when he was on this earth and who he is now and who he is encouraging us to be as followers of him. And uh, there's been so many different things, uh, so much so that we've studied and studied and studied in the office and we've had We've had um, uh, our lunch and learns uh, in the office. Those of you who don't know, we are we consider ourselves lifelong learners at Christian Center. If if you are in, on, a, on staff or in leadership, uh, we want we want to want you to know that we are lifelong learners, and we feel the joy that God gives us when we're continuing to learn new things. Uh, how many have ever gotten to a place where you just felt? Like, okay, that's as far as I need to go, and maybe you got stuck, you got lazy, and, and just here you are, right? Wherever you go, there you are. Anybody ever been in that place where it's just like, I'm done, right? And uh, so those are difficult times to push through, but God wants to encourage you to push through those times uh, to say, hey, hey Lord, I, there's more for me to learn. And so um, this morning, we are delving into this concept, and it's this. A servant leader understands the value of others and finds a way to care for them. So, so here we go with some embarrassing things for me. Yes, we love the embarrassing things for Kev. Um, I, I have struggled with my weight my, my whole life. Uh, I, I, I think I alluded to you a few weeks ago that uh, or many times that I, I struggled in junior high and high school. I told you the story of, of how I was recruited to be on the water polo team my freshman year of high school. And uh, so all of this was in a Speedo, praise the Lord. A little bit less hair on the chest, but all of this was in a Speedo. Not a very good uh, picture. If you're, Don't picture that, please, don't picture that. Um, but I struggled my whole life and then, and then uh, found out about the football team, joined the football team at some point in high school and uh, lost a lot of weight. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I was on the, the show Growing Pains as a major dude and so I had a lot of confidence at that time in my life and then through college you just start eating a lot of pasta because it's easy to put hot water in it and then add some cheese. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some macaroni and cheese is the way to go when you're in college. And so, uh, and then, you know, joined the Navy and lost a little bit of weight again and, and felt pretty good and then kind of got into that laziness thing I was just talking about. You get to a place where you feel like you're good and then you kind of lay off a little bit and then you, you, you lose it and then, and then you realize that uh, the PT test is coming and you're going to get kicked out of the Navy so you get motivated again and, and you, you lose the weight. And so my whole life I've, I've yo-yoed back and forth. Uh, and about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, I, I lost 100 pounds and, um, and uh, he said, amen, amen, do it again. <laughs> I lost 100 pounds, and, uh, and I was just disciplined. I, I got up early, went to the gym. I was getting up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and hitting the gym before work. And then, uh, you know, the work parties, instead of putting five egg rolls on my plate, I put one, you know, and just started eating a little bit better and, lost a bunch of weight, um, and then just such as life, you get 
lazy and you get back into the swing of things and you feel like you've got that. This, 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 is, this is what I'm trying to say is, is we get to a place where we feel like, well, I've got that. I've got that. That's done. Let me put that behind me. I, listen, I, I served under a gentleman who uh, I interned under him for a while. He's a Christian pastor. And I'll never forget these words, and it just it scared me. He said, you know, I got the Bible. I get that. I'm working on other stuff, like leadership stuff. Like, the Bible, I got it down. Wow. Man, the Word of God. You got the Word of God solid. You're done, right? And it just it hit me at that moment, like, that's what I've done with so many other things. And so that's why when I talk about being a lifelong learner, these are the things that we need to understand that you never fully have it in any area of your life. There's always some improvement that can come. There's always some growth that can come. And so as we're, as we're learning about the servant leader and what he has to offer us, don't get to the place where you feel like, well, I've got that. I've, I've done that. Keep your heart open. So, so recently, uh, I um, was going to the, the gym here in town, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing called Couch Potato to 5K, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an app on my phone. And basically, you, 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 you run each day, and it, and it takes you a little bit faster and a little bit faster, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and then supposedly in the end of eight weeks, you'll be able to run a 5K, right, in like 40 minutes, so easy peasy. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of that, but then, but then somebody who I know said, hey, um, if you're open to it, I'd, I'd love to, to train you. And of course, what emotions come up with that, Right? Like, oh my gosh. They would have to know how much I weigh. They would have, it seems silly, but it's so embarrassing. They, they would put me through a, an assessment and I'd have to do, you know, how many push-ups, how many sit-ups, you know. All that stuff that we, we don't want to do because we're, we don't want to know where we are. I have this horrible habit in my life of I ignore things that I know are bad because I don't want to deal with them. How many can just say that's me, right? So hopefully my sister's not watching, but in my backyard, this is the confession, in my backyard I've got these cypress trees and, and they've, they've some, sort of, some sort of rot has occurred and they're dying, if not dead. There's three or four of them that are dead. And... and when you drive down Adams, you can see the backyard of my house from Adams when you're headed toward Gingerwood. So this is what I do when I'm driving down the street. <laughs> so I don't have to see the dead trees because if they're not there, they don't exist. Right? If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. How many have dealt with issues in relationships that way in your life? If I don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. If I don't bring it up, it doesn't exist. If I just hide it, it doesn't exist. And we get to a place where we find ourselves years down the road and we're going through the same issues year after year after year because we've never dealt with it. And so I find myself in that situation. I'm at the gym and, and in the minute that I had that conversation with this person, these are the words that came out of my mouth. I need to do that. 
And here's why. Because if I didn't define it, I knew that if I didn't define it, that it would be something I could quit easily. And so I said, here's why. And she's probably like, okay. Here's why. Because in every area of my life, I, I, I am seeking the Lord and I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to let him, you know, work through me in my relationships as a, as, as, a, as a leader, as a boss, as a husband, as a father. I'm trying to, 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 to learn as much as I can and grow as much as I can. But in this area of my life, I have, I have not committed myself. So yes, I'll take you up on your offer. And then she kicked my butt. servant leader sees the value in other people and knows that there's something that 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 person can bring to the table that I don't have. And for a lot of us, we don't want people to bring something to the table because we're afraid that what they're going to bring to the table is going to hurt. It's going to be painful. They're going to say things I don't want to hear, I don't want to deal with. I'd much rather just drive right by it and cover up my face and not look at it. Maybe you're here this morning and there's some issues of your life that you're, you're just not willing to look at. But God is saying, I keep bringing them up. I keep talking to you about them. I keep revealing myself in those areas. One of the things we discourage around here is if you're with a significant other and you hear something that rings true for you, we don't, we don't like it when you elbow your significant other. Like, that was for you. It's never for them. It's always for you. It's never for them. It's always for you. So what I would like for you to do this morning is, is to open your ears for you. For you. Because I believe God has a word for you. And for me, know this, that I, everything that I teach or preach, it comes out of my own struggles, it comes out of my own difficulties. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John. Um, if you're new to the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we're in chapter 13. And listen, if you're new to the Bible, it's good. It's an okay, it's an okay thing. Chapter 13, we're going, to start in, we're going to start in verse 12. The, the text is 15, but we're going to start in verse 12. If you were here a few weeks ago, we talked about the thing that Jesus is most concerned with, and that is serving, being a servant, so therefore we should be too. And so this is right afterwards. Verse 12, it says this. Says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he resumed his place at the table and said to them, these are the words of Jesus. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you example an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And here's the kicker. If you know these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so what is Jesus saying there? He's saying, I've served you, and so now 
I want you to serve others. And I tried to think of a modern day foot washing example, and I really couldn't come up with one. We talked about foot washing back in those days. Everybody walked around with sandals on, and so their feet were dirty. And so it was customary for people who had homes um, that had, they were rich enough to have a servant. They'd have a servant at the door to wash your feet before you reclined at the table, because nothing grosser than, than reclining at a table, because they didn't have chairs really. They kind of sat on pillows. Uh, they'd recline at the table, and then your nasty big toe is right near the pickles, right? It's disgusting. So foot washing was a customary thing. And so, and so I tried to think of something that maybe would be modern day. Like what would be the equivalent of foot washing? And, and, and you, I can't get away from the feet. Here's one of the things that, that as somebody who's, who has gone up and down with his weight over the years, this is something I've struggled with. I'm being super transparent with you guys. So my vulnerability is, is, is being revealed, so guys, treat me nice, okay? Don't, don't, don't have huddles after church and make fun of me. But as my weight has fluctuated over the years, I've needed someone to cut my toenails. Come on. Can, 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 you, can you track with me, sister? Nicole, Nicole is with child, and she's like, I need someone to cut my toenails too. And, and, and I don't know why I'm saying that, but there's something that Brenda has done at times and has not done at times. I don't really feel like cutting your nasty toenails. Or, all right, give me the clippers. And so why am I saying that? Because I want us to understand that there's certain things that we do to serve people and, and to love people and, and, and all of that stuff but are we really willing to go all in for people? I mean, honestly, are we really willing to go all in with people? I mean, serve them completely abandoning ourselves and saying, whatever it takes, I will love you. No matter what it takes, I will love you where you are and who you are. Because let's be honest, some people are really difficult to love. Come on, can I get an amen on that one? You're thinking of four people right now in your head. These people are hard to love. Matter of fact, I try to avoid them. I don't want to go near them. And God wants me to wash their feet. And so as I, as I thought about this, this topic and a servant leader understands the value of others, and finds a way to care for them. Because the problem is, is that we, we really are selfish. I mean, if you, if you boil it all down, all of the stuff that we've done or said or have become or are, and you boil it all down, we really are selfish people. Come on. If you're selfish and you know it, clap your hands. If you're selfish and you know it, clap your hands. We're selfish. And, and, and the thing is, is, is we have this idea of this is mine, or, or I find my worth in this job, or I find my worth in this thing that I do, or I, I find my worth in my new couch, or I find my worth in my home, or my toys, or all these different things, and we're selfish. And until we find our worth in Christ and Christ alone, we will never be able to effectively care for other people. Because we'll always be caring for other people with the hopes that God sees it. Do you see this, God? I'm caring for people. 
The real big issue is we hold on to things that are ours. We hold on to territory. We, we grasp at this is either my ministry or my job or my life or my this or my that or my this or my that, and we find our value in it. So I was reading, I was reading a book, and it caused me to listen to a podcast. If, if, if you're not, man, re- read a book, Amen? Just read a book. Praise the Lord. Listen to a podcast. Grow. So I'm listening to this podcast, and there was a leadership podcast, and there was a Navy SEAL on, on the podcast, and he was talking about leadership, and he's talking about all the different things that they've had to uh, endure overseas, and one particular was in Afghanistan. And so he's in Afghanistan with, with, with his, all of his, his, uh, his crew, and one of the things that they were doing that day was they were trying to get two tribal chiefs to come together and agree upon the land that was to be divvied up among them. So they were, they were going to have to compromise. They were going to have to share. And so they, the, the whole procession comes. From, one tribal chief comes from one area, and another tribal chief comes from another, and they've got their entourage, and they get together in this certain place, in this neutral ground. Nobody can lay claim to this neutral ground. It's neutral. And the interpreter's there, and the tribal chiefs are going back and forth, and the interpreter's trying to keep up, and he can't keep up, and he's scratching his head, and the Navy SEAL says, what is going on? They're just going back and forth. What is happening here? He's like, you're not going to believe it. Try, try to bottom line me. What is happening? Each one of these chiefs, before they left home, filled their shoes with dirt and then walked here with the dirt in their shoes so they each could negotiate on their own soil. I am standing on my own soil, so therefore I lay claim to this area. Well, so am I. Fooled you. And we do that so often with all of our stuff and our lives and our ministries and all these different things. We say, this is mine I'm the one who can do it best. I'm the one who worked for it. I'm the one who did everything to get to this place. And and, and God is saying it's not your own. It's his. Everything you have is his. But our selfishness continues to kick in. You know, there's, there's a Bible verse that talks about before you bring your offering to the altar, if you know that somebody has something against you, to go and make it right with that person. And so a lot of people talk about, well, that maybe is, you know, before you actually give an offering or monetary or whatever. I believe that we come here every Sunday to offer ourselves. We come here every Sunday, we say, God, I'm offering me. But we've got conflict raging around us. People who are angry, people who are frustrated. And God is saying, do you value those people enough? And then Paul in Romans says, as as it is up to you, As much as it is up to you, reconcile. So what am I saying? Do we even value the people that are in conflict with us? 
What about our enemies? The question was posed a couple weeks ago, are you really seriously telling me to love Muslims? They want to kill us. They want to kill our children. I'm not saying it. This is saying it. Well, it's a different world we live in. It's the same world. When we put people in a box and we label people and we use words like Greek or Jew or Mexican or Muslim or liberal or conservative or whatever the label is you want to put, we then have a green light to remove ourselves from loving that person because we've placed them in a box. And they then become part of a collective that is outside of our sphere, and so therefore we don't have to love them. And that's not what God says. God says to love. He says love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. Well, that's, that's sticky. Well, the gospel's supposed to be sticky. What am I experiencing as a pastor and a shepherd? The first year I took over this church was, it was, it was last year, January 2016, I took over as senior pastor. And there was conflict every Sunday. Somebody was mad about something that was moved or done or misplaced or you didn't do this the way we wanted you to do it. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Conflict every Sunday. I remember standing in the back of the room and there was somebody yelling at me because we weren't doing communion that day and it was the first of the month. The Bible says we're supposed to do communion every first of the month. Like, No, it doesn't say that. Why am I saying this to you? Because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. Because I made some mistakes. Some people left our church. But here's what God has done in me lately. He's shown me the face of the Fowlers. And I'm falling in love with you guys. Because I've heard your struggle. He's showing me John Page and Carol. I've walked through your struggle with you. And guess what? I'm falling in love with you guys. There's a couple that goes to our church that came from another Foursquare church and they haven't tried to get out in the middle of everything. They've just stayed behind the scenes. But I've watched them week after week be faithful and I'm falling in love with them. Brian, bro. I've watched your journey. Can I hold your hand? I've watched your journey and I've watched your struggle and it's just been a joy to watch the Lord do amazing things in your life. And not in a weird way, but I'm falling in love with you. Krista, I'm so glad you're here this morning.
I've missed you because when you're gone, I miss you. Chris and I had a big conflict years ago. We didn't talk for a lot of years. But God healed that. And I'm falling in love with you. I have a love for you that it's bigger than what I had before. And of course, my staff and Wesley, you bring, my, you bring encouragement to me, man. And you're not afraid to say, hey, Kev, I don't like that or that upset me, but I'm going to encourage you. And there's so many people in this room who, who God has brought to this place and he's brought you here for a reason and he brought you here because he wants to do great things in your life and I want to understand the value that you bring and I want to be able to say encouraging things to you that you can find your place in the kingdom of God and you can begin to serve God and you begin to serve people not for what they can do for you but because of who they are. Wes and Cindy, we see the struggle. Wes has been struggling with a respiratory thing, and, and, and we've been praying for you. And Cindy, I know that you love your family so much, and we've been praying for you and for your family. All around the room, I could probably name every single person in this room. But here's the truth. This isn't about building a church, a big church, or building a big ministry. This is about family. This is about community. This is about love. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians. General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Philippians 1.7. Hey, I'm trying to help you out. Philippians 1.7. Listen to this. This brought me to tears when I read this. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you're all the partakers with me in grace. And so I did a little word study on that and the word in the NIV is affection and we, we get the word affection from a Greek word that means intestines. So I was like, what? That's crazy. The Greeks believed that the seat of our emotions was deep within our intestines, within our liver, within our stomach, our guts. And so when I read that, I said, I love those people with all my guts. I love your guts. That's my new thing. I love your guts. From the depth of Deep within my heart, there is a love welling up within me, and I, and I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to allow that love to rise up within you for the people in this room and the people who have yet to find the joy of being in this room. Because God is doing something here. And until we release our thoughts of this is mine, no one else can have it until we live with open hands that anything that falls through our hands wasn't ours to keep, but anything that stays, God is letting you have for a moment. Until we live with open hands and know that this place is a place of refuge and love for people to come and receive 
all that God wants them to receive through you, until we find that, there won't be rest for me. Open your hearts to the people in this room. Open your hearts. Open your guts to the people in this room. Why does God love us? Anybody? Why does he love us? Because he's love. (laughs) I know, you're like, I knew that one. Dang it. He loves us because he must. How many remember the movie Blast from the Past? With, uh, this is going way back. What's his name? No, Christopher Walken and Brendan Fraser, Blast from the Past. And they're in, they're in a bomb shelter and he's trying to teach his son how to play baseball, but he doesn't have a baseball diamond. And so he's like, why, why does he go from first to second? Why does he have to go from first to second? And the dad's answer was, because he must. Because he must. And he, I don't get that. But then he came out of the bomb shelter and he's watching a baseball game because he must. I get it. Why does God love us? Because he must. He's God. He's love. There is no capability within him to not love you. So the thing that you've done that you think have disappointed God or the thing that you've said or, or the person that you've become or whatever it may be that you feel you don't deserve the love of God, you're wrong. God loves you because he must. Because he is love. God doesn't love, he is love. And so the second question is, then why do we love others? Because he who is love, first loved us. When we draw our significance or our value from other people, we will always be frustrated and disappointed. Always. Think about that. But when we value others for who they are, not what they can do for us, we are never more like Christ. Because that's the love that he's poured out on you. He's not saying to you, well, if you just read your Bible more, if you just stop drinking, if you just stop smoking, if you just stop doing these things or that thing or whatever, I'll love you or love you more. Are words that will never come out of God's mouth. Because he loves you right where you are. He accepts you right where you are. Oh. Acceptance and approval are two different things. Learn that. He accepts you right where you are. And until we learn to love people around us with that same love, without expecting anything in return, finding a way to love them no matter how unlovable they seem to be, finding that thing or that word or whatever it may be to meet them in their moment of grief or struggle or trial, until we learn to do that, we've not tapped into the love of God. Now some people 
are never going to receive your love. And some people are going to scoff and some people are going to get angry. And I'm not saying you have to be involved in a relationship where there's abuse, whether it be verbal or physical. I'm not saying that. You can get away from those situations. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about in Titus, somebody who's sowing discord or causing gossip. Give them one, two, maybe three chances and then have nothing to do with them. They've said it in their heart. I'm talking about the people who are here, the people who have yet to find the joy of being here. They need someone to love them, not because of what they do, not because of what they can bring, but because simply because they are the children of God. And God wants to use this place to love them. When you love like this, you love like God. And when we love like God, listen, when we love like God, people then have an environment to become the best version of themselves. Not change, not become something that they're not, not morph into a perfect disciple because do as I do. Remember, remember Krista when, when I was uh, interning under Danny and he carried a briefcase and so I carried a briefcase and I remember Krista saying, what's with the briefcase, dude? And, 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 and I just had this desire to be like this person. Because I was young and I didn't really know. I thought that's what it was about. It's never been about that, you guys. It's never been about changing someone into someone else. It's about loving them unconditionally with the love of God that is in you that you've experienced so that they can become the best version of themselves. That's what we're called to do. So how do we do that? We've got to change the way we look at people. We've got to stop hiding who we really are. We put a a butt can for cigarette butts in front of our church for two reasons. Number one, to say to the people who don't smoke and think it's awful, it's okay. And number two, so that people don't have to hide behind the building to smoke. If you smoke, use the butt can. It makes it easier for us to clean up cigarette butts. Right, Dave? And no one's going to judge you. God calls us to change the way we look at people. Not Gentiles, not Jews, not insiders, not outsiders. Hear those words again. Not liberals, not conservatives. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Let me read it again. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Not no one in our church or no one that we think is worthy or no one that we think deserves honor. We regard no one according to the flesh. What that means is stop labeling people because when you label them, you can't look in their eyes and you can't care for them. Let's view people differently. Let's view them as we view ourselves how many of you come before the Lord with blemishes this morning on your character? How many of you would raise your hand and say, I'm unfinished? <laughs> How many of you would lift your hand and say, but I've been rescued and restored? 
We can only do this when we've received Jesus as our Savior and the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to love through us, in us and through us. If, you know, the love revolution is, is on again. I mean, you hear it all the time, right? Love, 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 love. The problem is, is you can't truly love someone unless the Spirit of God is within you because only God's love is perfect. But then there are some Christians who think they have the Spirit of God in them and they love people awfully with conditions. Well, you better do this. I want to challenge everyone in this room. Experience the love of God and then let him wash over you and change your view of people so you can see them the way he sees them, full of potential, full of love, broken and hurting, but in need of connection. I would like the word of this year, 2017, to be engage. Because I've fallen in love with you as a church. And I'd like to engage each of you as the Lord leads. And I'd like you to engage one another and watch what God does as he develops a community of people who are practicing real love and caring for one another. There's nothing that we can't do when we harness the power of the love of God. So maybe you're here this morning and you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've used the words of of Gandhi and you've said, I I really like Jesus, but I don't like his followers. Maybe you've, maybe you came bravely this morning to church for the first time or for the second or third time and you're just not sure what God is doing, but you know one thing, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to say yes to him. You're not sure what that means after you say yes, but you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus because I know that saying yes is the right thing to do. So this morning, if you would like to say yes to Jesus right where you are, would you just lift your hand? Right where you are, amen. Yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus. The Bible says that when one person says yes to Jesus, there is a party that erupts in heaven. Father, I thank you for these hearts who have said yes to you. Would you deepen our love for them? Would you deepen our love for one another in this place? Would we see the value of each other? Not because of what they can do or what we can do, but because of who we are in you. We thank you for that, Lord God. And we surrender our lives to you in Jesus' name. Would you do me a favor and and stand to your feet this morning as I bless you out the door? This is something we do here at Christian Center. We bless you out the door. And if you hear something that you like during this blessing, I encourage you, reach up and grab it and pull it down and make it your own. But it goes like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? 
May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, say it if you know it, it shall prosper. God bless you guys. Have the best week ever. I love you.